Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Christopher, and welcome to Geekologist Radio's special Westworld season-ending review episode, where we take you through all things Westworld and accurately predict the future. So let's introduce our crew for tonight's cast. First up, we have Dave. Hey, what's up? Still uh, still got my head spinning after my second watch through of that finale, so I'm looking forward to picking this apart with you guys. Next up, we have Derek. My head's spinning for a different reason. I'm trying to sober up right now. I'm on vacation uh, in a Latin American country. <laughs> so, <laughs> But I have watched the episode and I'm ready to roll. We're just going to start diving into this thing because there is so much to unpack with the season finale that it's taken most of us at least two watches to get through <laughs> through most of it. So Derek, why don't you start out with what the meaning of the passenger is? Yes, and you'll, you'll notice we kind of restructured the uh, the lineup of the episode this week. We're going to go into, right into our review with the meaning. Then we're going to uh, give us a, a little bit of crap on <laughs> first, give us a negative opinion. Then we're going to go fact uh, versus fiction, uh, what we know, what we don't know. And then we're going to finish up what we got right. Or, well, then we're going to do right and wrong. Then we're going to do predictions. So a little different uh, lineup this week just because it's the last episode. But uh, the meaning of the title, let's get right deep detail into the meaning of the title of the passenger it means someone traveling somewhere next <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna head into what is formerly known as dave craps on westworld uh and then doesn't into just <laughs> chris craps on westworld a shit ton like this is me crapping on the season finale not on the, the season as a whole for me, the season finale lacked emotional connection. Uh, the scenes with Logan and Daddy Delos just didn't hit. People I thought I should be caring about, like Maeve and others, uh, Hector, didn't make me feel anything because I knew they'd be back. Like, deaths don't mean very much. And in retrospect, uh, this show, to me, was too much up its own ass for the last episode. I think that it, like, there was a lot of having to go back through this thing like three and four times just to figure out what the hell's going on. And it was just a lot for a common viewer would not have figured this shit out. Like, it's just too much. Yeah, in regards to your comments about that's not meaning anything, I felt at the end of the episode that was very true. But throughout it, I felt that the deaths meant something because with the forge being uh, gone and the cradle being gone, everybody that was dying, I was really feeling. And I was like, is this the Avengers? Like, it felt like Avengers Infinity War, like all these characters dying. Sure. And then, uh, which we're not going to spoil Avengers Infinity War. A lot of characters die. We'll give you that much, uh, which you probably know at this point. But at the end, you get that revelation that okay we have all of these pearls a bullet doesn't go into the brain muffin core thing whatever holds the the pearl a bullet can't penetrate because we saw teddy's at point blank range did not penetrate it so all it does is release a cortical fluid and that's what kills them so you can take the pearl out and put it somewhere else so everybody every host who hasn't been exploded like angela basically can't come back because their pearls are intact they're basically safe in their muffins so yeah everybody can come back now one of my first questions was if Maeve's so powerful why couldn't she have stopped clementine before she started riding that horse into a big pack of people she was able to stop her at once why didn't she just put up the superman hand and stop her before she even got there doesn't make sense to me um what the hell was the point of felix and sylvester for the entire season aside from 
being able to see that little schism and also at the end being able to bring back the whole gang of Maeve and Hector and everybody else. Yeah, that was it. Like just for them, they saying, I can't see that. Um, They had no other reason. I felt the same way about Elsie. I didn't think her purpose throughout the season was more than a plot mover. Um, and, and that was it. Like, she was just basically a distraction for Murad, whose time was up at the last, I guess, the last episode, and she was just killed. I mean, it was just kind of silly, to be honest. Yeah. For me, uh, Elsie was Bernard's favorite. So we know that Dolores was Arnold's favorite, and we know that Maeve was Ford's favorite. Elsie, to me, was clearly Bernard's favorite. And so her death basically ironed him in to that whole thing in the end where he envisioned forward and made his whole journey into like i'm going to take it down i'm going to take it down this way so he became uh super ingrained with his plan because of that and for that one scene like for her mm-hmm. throughout the whole scene it was like i think you were you were you were, you were calling her just like fan service uh yep. people like her and that she was there but she at for her final scene same thing with uh felix and sylvester she had her scene to show you what she needed to do and that was to move bernard forward yeah, and it it felt a little bit more consequential to me also than than Felix and Sylvester just going, I can't see the rip because that you know that was what you know sort of gave Bernard the emotional clarity to say Dolores was right. Now I know what I have to do, and setting his new course that really was a huge pivotal moment for him. So um, it felt a little bit more impactful, I think. One of the things that I noticed right off the get-go within the first 10 minutes was, hey, the gang's all here. It was a quick tie-up of bows really fast. Oh, hey, Bernard, funny meeting you here. Oh, hey, Man in Black, funny meeting you here. Like It was so quick to get everybody together that it just seemed too neat for me. I guess I, I get that they were all going to the same spot, but literally within two minutes of each other, it felt very fast. And it was like, okay, we've got to tie this up really quick because we've got more story to tell. Yeah, and Man in Black was so sketchy about, like, how did you find me, Emily? This park's so big for you to find me. And Dolores just rides up on him. He's like, oh, hey, Dolores. It just made sense to him. I guess because she's a host and he still thinks it's part of Ford's game. But yeah, that was super coincidence. I know they're all going to the same spot, but yeah, it seemed a little too close for them to fall into each other. Again, again, script armor for Men in Black. I mean, he shot off a hand at this point. He's been taken forward to the chest. He's still kicking. He's not even, not. he's like not even limping. He's still, oh, and also he dug into his arm too. So like, I mean, we have that going on as well, but he's he's good to go. Like, no worries. <laughs> uh, which then completely shocks me why when Maeve takes forward to the chest and is a, a, a robot, <laughs> that she goes right down and dies. I don't understand. The most conscious of all of them. <laughs> it's just Dolores has taken him. It's like, you know, this means nothing to me. And Maeve's just like, this hurts me so much. I'm like, you know, it doesn't. Like, you physically have control of every all your functions now. Just tell yourself this doesn't hurt and it won't hurt. But she can't do it. The actual forge part that was in the red with the water looks like Dr. Evil's lair. So I, it was really cheesy. I didn't really like it. I thought it was poorly done. And it was just like, what's the excuse we can use for the flood? Okay, we're going to have a ton of water down here in this for no reason. I don't know why. I guess it's supposed to be cooling it, but it just didn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, but they didn't have that much water. There were No. Unless there was a whole bunch of, like that. the forge was a whole big corner we didn't see there. There was not. From the construction of it to what we saw down there, there was not that much water to make a lake of the size we saw up above that the physics is not aligned 
Did you guys look at the forge and think maybe they're mining Bitcoin? Yes. <laughs> it's like yes. all liquid cooled, you know, Bitcoin mining machines. <laughs> to their credit, that the forge could have been super cheesy with those books, and it wasn't. It actually looked decent. It, they could have that really could have went off on the other end of that thing. So I will give them credit for that. However, Man in Black and Dolores come up on a dune buggy with semi-automatic weapons with security guys that can hide behind this and all they are are on horses and with six shooters and they're able to take out all of them. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, they're straight up like sniping literally. them on horseback. Yes. And you, <laughs> I was saying the same, like, this make like, their, their writing is good for a lot of stuff, but their actual armed combat writing is terrible terrible <laughs> that's not how armed combat works for guys who play destiny and other games like that it's like if i'm in a like i we play pvp all the time it's like like shoot from cover and those guys are shooting from cover and the people who are wide open are just sniping them yeah that's crazy what the f was sizemore sir put down your gun sir we don't want to shoot you i mean they gave him every opportunity and the dude still was like, nope, just going to take some bullets. Like, honestly, if he would have just stood there and waited for the guys to walk up to them, that still would have been enough time for those guys to escape out the back door and everybody would have been fine. Yeah, I have a lot of issues with Sizemore's death, and that's the big part of it. He bought them no time whatsoever. He bought them no. a minute, and he gave a human life a poorly executed human life. Like he, he didn't actually, he did not defend it properly, like behind cover and buy them the maximum amount of time. He just put himself as a bullet sponge to minimize the amount of time they had to leave instead of maximizing it. I did not like that at all. This has been the end of Chris craps on Westworld a lot. <laughs> as, you, as you, as you may notice. <laughs> yeah. We don't, uh, me and Dave don't have anything to add to that segment. <laughs> I think so, you got a cover, buddy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah. sorry. I just there. I I had like a laundry list. All right. Now we're gonna move into fact or fiction. We're gonna go over what do we know right now, and we try to cover everything we know, and we're also gonna try what we don't. Go, Dave. Yeah, and and as we do this, we're gonna kind of take a slightly different tack this time because we sort of broke this down by all of the major kind of aha moments and, and big moments throughout the episode. So we'll we'll sort of take them, you know, a few at a time and, and we'll talk about our reactions and what we felt about those. And then we'll also talk about what do we now know about this world that we figured out from season two, episode 10. Yeah. And one of the, I think that's one of the most important takeaways from watching this show is when I, and when I talk to people about it is really wrapping your head around what you know and what you don't, because it's so many questions. It's tough for people to actually know, okay, this is a fact now because everything is so open with questions that the show does reveal stuff, does say we know stuff now. So one of the things we know and it's huge was that humans are super simple minds compared to hosts that, the host code is uh, that uh, host code for humans is written like music notes on like auto piano paper. So that whole paper we see scrolling through the piano, that's what it looks like in the book. And somehow Dolores can read it, which is great. But um, that was a really nice reveal, I thought, to just say, look, your code, your DNA code will lead you to the same place no matter what. So once we realized that, everything became easy. 
I thought that that part was super interesting because that tells you the reason why the Delos thing didn't work. It's because they were overcomplicating the fact that humans made all of these choices in reality. Your decisions typically are in a sec- this this secular thing, and they just keep going round and round. They actually had to dummy it down as opposed to being as complicated as they thought it was. Right. Well, let's talk about another interesting point. Let's start talking about some of the things that went on around Bernard, and let's focus on Bernard here first. First of all, it turns out Bernard really did delete Ford in episode nine. Uh, I, I was really surprised by this. You know, Ford had transferred his consciousness into Bernard, right, which did help him avoid being lost when the cradle burned down. But then he that respite was very short-lived because Bernard just straight up deleted him. Yeah. And what we what we saw Ford talking to Bernard in that scene, we find out later through the the show and confirmed behind the scenes, like that that is Bernard imagining Ford there. Ford was not there, and so that is a, a super important reveal because uh, that clarifies exactly what Bernard did and Ford's future existence. He is gone. There is no more Ford code anywhere. And that's a show retcons in it, Chris. I think that's super interesting because it reminds me of last season when Dolores was seeing the William and and rerunning those situations through her head. So as she's walking through those scenes, those are all not real. She's going through them, but she's just imagining those scenes as, as they're occurring. Same way as his imagining of having a conversation with Anthony Hopkins. Mm-hmm. So speaking of Bernard... I think we see him now finally achieve full consciousness. You know, we've always sort of had this open-ended debate about which hosts have achieved full consciousness, which have not. At the end of, of season one, we defined it with through Dolores as, now that I have my own inner monologue that is my own internal voice, I am now fully conscious. And we see Bernard earn his inner dialogue in the form of Ford. So... In the latter portions of this, you know, after that code is deleted, he's still imagining Ford guiding him, right? It's in the form of Ford's voice, but it's really Bernard's own inner monologue. And he comes up with the plan to help Dolores return and, you know, supporting Dolores's cause and all of that. That was all his own motivation and his own plan that he's he's actualizing there. So now he's got free will. He's thinking on his own. He's achieved full consciousness. And he reminds me of what a human would do when you go through a scenario, get to the end and realize, hey, I effed up. What can I do to fix it? And so that because he went down the path of only trying to help the humans realize that's not the right way. Backtrack, go back to Dolores and let's try to fix this, this situation. And he was able to do so. Hey, also keeping on the Bernard note, what do you what do you guys think about this? Bernard was the one that killed Dolores to prevent the destruction of the valley beyond. When you saw her laying there with her eyes shot out, did you guys immediately go to I can't believe it, Bernard must have done that? No. I no. did not. Yeah, I thought that man in black went down there, finished her off, even though he wanted it. But I I did think of something earlier and what we just said right now kind of changes my perspective of it. I really questioned why Bernard said that he 
kill them all in the Valley Beyond. I think, in retrospect, looking back, his inaction against Dolores while she was uh, deleting everything and making her moves killed a lot of human code. But that's probably the only thing that his inaction did. All of those host bodies had nothing to do with Bernard. That's another story altogether. Sorry. No, I, 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 I'm with you, Cajun. I think the, the guilt of not going with the um, hosts initially is where, in his mind, he thought, that's how I killed them. I should, have, I should have gone that route to begin with. Speaking of big reveals here around Bernard, we also see that, you know, now that he's gained his own consciousness, of his own free will, Bernard created a host body replica, replica excuse me, of Charlotte. And he put Dolores' mind core in that body and then killed the real Charlotte or had Dolores in the Charlotte host body kill the real Charlotte. And in the entirety of the ending timeline, Charlotte was really Dolores. And this is one of those points where it was really very confusing to figure out at first, you know, wait, so when was Dolores Charlotte? When was Charlotte Charlotte? So for those that... You know, it, it, for me, it took a couple of rewatches and, and some reading and thinking before I really sorted the timeline out in my mind. Because, as you know, the, the timeline around Bernard waking up on the beach and all that stuff around Bernard has was so convoluted and, and hard to follow. Uh, but basically, from the moment Bernard washed up on the beach, which was after he was in the forge with Dolores, and after they you know, the hosts kind of went off to the valley beyond. He washes up on the beach and then Strand shows up. Any of the scenes where you saw Charlotte and Strand and Bernard, that was not Charlotte. That was Dolores. You know, it was interesting too, because we sort of had a feeling that somebody was going to end up doing a mind core swap. We've been talking about that for a while. We were talking about how, you know, we must be able to take a mind core from, one host and put it in a body for a different host or you know there was a lot of potential there for that storyline but i personally did not see the charlotte dolores thing coming at all did you guys see that at all i did not and i really appreciate that one because i think that people were ourselves included were predicting we a lot of people predicted a ton of mind core swaps because of what they showed us in episode one that you could do it and i don't know of anyone who predicted that one that was brilliantly done no, I I kind of scoured through to see if somebody had like even remotely came close. But like, if you said that you that Dolores was Charlotte at any point, they're a liar. Like that, there's just, there was no evidence. It wasn't in Reddit. It wasn't anywhere. Like of any of the bodies. Like that was literally. It just wasn't something that came up, and it's pretty effing awesome too because that like the the one that you least suspect is the one that happens and then if you rewatch like Dave was talking about and then you see her mannerisms throughout that period of time you can it is so clearly looking like Dolores like just the way she walks the way she looks it's like whoa like you it's down to that minute detail that you have to be watching this show you know speaking of kind of revealing where characters are at one of the big dangling questions after episode 9 is William in Black Human. So 
where we fell with this definitively as we sort of predicted and also were hoping after last episode. William in Black is indeed human. He was sort of secretly hoping for a long time that he was a host because he was looking for a way to absolve himself of responsibility for his own actions. So it's pretty dark when you think about the fact that he killed his own real-life daughter, and we now know that that was absolutely confirmed as well. So that was the real William killing his real daughter, Emily. Um, you know, he was questioning his own reality throughout this episode, and it really wasn't until the after credits stinger, which we can talk about at another point, but, um, you know, he was human through this whole thing. Yeah, and the showrunners uh, confirmed that in some some posts, which is good. They're doing some media after the fact to clarify this stuff because they know they make a bunch of mystery boxes that they open up, but not everybody understands them. So they're clarifying a lot of these things, like the underlying, this is what happened here. This is what happened there. Yeah, it was interesting, too, because we also saw William briefly team up with Dolores, um, which is something I was kind of thinking was going to end up happening as they were heading toward the Valley Beyond. It was strange, though. As you said, they really just joined forces. She said, you know, I need a monster like you to be able to get into the forge. I need you. Let's do this. And then I need you ended up just being, let's shoot three guys. All right. (laughs) Thanks for the help. Now we're enemies again. It was an odd turn. And they set up that bullet very clearly. That flattened bullet from Teddy was like, they show it in her hand so that you know she took it with her. And then it's pretty obvious that that's the gun that she hands to him. So it was just a matter of how many bullets he was going to get be able to get off before that hand yeah. blew up. Yeah. And if, I mean, if she was smart, she would have put it in the first bullet. But yep. at the same time, like maybe she wants him to shoot other people first. I don't know. There's a little convolution there. Like if you're going to make sure somebody does not shoot you, you put it as the first bullet. But uh, it was that was very nice that they, they uh, foreshadowed that. So hopefully everybody that's listening stuck around to watch the after credits scene that came on. I almost missed it. In an unknown future timeline, we see host Emily testing the fidelity of a host William, complete with shot off fingers and all. When we saw William get up after collapsing with his hand blown up, that was not the real William getting up. Everything up until that point was the real William. When we saw him get up and shuffle off into the elevator and start heading down, that was from a future timeline. We're not sure how far off in the future that is, but it's in the future sometime. So they are testing the fidelity of a a host version of William. Is William still alive when that's happening? I mean, I would guess probably not, but it's all conjecture at this point. We have a lot of questions around that, but it is interesting because they had, it was clearly a host Emily, because the real Emily is dead, testing a host William. Cajun? Yeah, I I definitely think that this timeline is after the final season of this show. Like It's going to be one of the leave-offs of this show of like this stuff still continuing, and they're still trying to get william right and they they call they do a callback to this at the end of the season a few other things i really think that that's how it's gonna go down and if they're smart they run these stingers at the end of every season 
and they just do a continuation of those stingers. Mm-hmm. What's happening with William? Or they put somebody else who's getting it done. That's I like it. I like it. But there's two things this episode. What I love about this show is it gets me to yell at the screen while I'm watching it. Why did they do this? That's so stupid. This happened previously because we watch it so intently. And then at the end of the episode, or by the end of the episode, they answer the question that I just yelled at the screen to because they know what's really happening. And the first one was Charlotte. When Charlotte, who is at that point, uh, Dolores, comes up to Bernard and says, I guess you haven't found uh, Peter Abernathy yet. Or I haven't seen you since Abernathy. How's it going? Whatever the dialogue was. She gives him the reveal that she hasn't seen him since she left him. But then we see in this episode that she did see him since she left him. And I was like, why are they doing this? That was so clear earlier that they haven't seen each other since. And it's like, oh, that there was this other space in there where that was the real Charlotte. And then she switched to Dolores. So like, oh, that was so brilliant because I'm yelling at the screen. They got it wrong. And the same thing with William. He's going down the elevator. Um, and they're never going to, when the episode ends, like, they're not going to explain what he was going down the elevator for. What are they doing? Ah, oh, here's this post-credit scene. And so those two things were my yell at the screen moments. And then they answered both of them, which is what I love about this is they will make you question what's really happening, but then answer it sometimes in the distant future in a future episode, but sometimes in the exact episode that they make you question it. What was super awesome about that, and we were talking about this before we started, was the fact that MIB and Bernard were never going to meet in that elevator, but they set up the tense moment as if that was going to happen. So you see elevate him, Bernard enter, you see MIB going down, like entering the elevator, and you think at some point, like, when, when Bernard opens that door, he's going to be there, but that's in a different timeline. It would never have happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's really awesome. And you don't realize until later that a buggy and meds picked up William and brought him back. You wouldn't have saw that because they didn't show that or talk about it until afterwards. So that's where that timeline crosses, where they pick him up and and he's the valued target, right? You know that they find. You know another point to talk about and to clarify here is that Dolores put Teddy's pearl into the valley beyond before beaming the valley beyond off into space or, or you know a distant satellite or whatever. Here's how we piece this together. We don't see her do it on screen, but we, we can suppose that it happened. We know that she no, we, we me, see pulled her, that we, pearl from Teddy's head. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we see her put it in the she's carrying it around with her. Yeah. Oh, that, w- that was, I thought that was Abernathy's that she was putting in there to unlock. She put it, put hers, his in to unlock it at that point, but then at a different time, she puts a different pearl in and okay. then right after she puts that in we see teddy in the valley beyond so we see the pearl being put in that's teddy's and we know that when someone goes into the valley beyond they're white so we see that pearl go into there i do believe and we do see him of course in the valley beyond then so we know he's gone on that that's where he is and and so she sent him off into the sunset so that's kind of a nice a nice touch i think We, we also know that the valley beyond is heaven from lost (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah because uh, oh my god it literally lo- i mean that's such a callback to lost it's unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah it definitely had the well it was i mean they have so much religious allegory this season that this was with all of the the jesus allegory throughout the season this was the heaven allegory in this one and it really played nicely for the hosts 
that deserve it. The ones who don't go insane, who don't fall to temptation, who don't fight, the ones who are good and all of the, the ghost nation ones. All of these pure good hosts make it to heaven. And everybody else who's fighting and been corrupted by um, Clementine don't. I I don't know about you guys, but I almost flipped the F out when Akacheta almost died. Like, when he got shot in the back, I'm like, this dude doesn't make it through that wall. I'm going to get pissed. Because he's literally been the protector of everybody. Akichita. <laughs> Akichita. Yeah. Akichita. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to take this one for you, Dave, because this is the next one on the thing. Akichita and his wife are reunited in the Valley Beyond. But F and how, how did his wife get there? She's been dead for so long. She's not in that group of people. How did she get there? I, this is this is the conversation I'm telling you about, Dave, where I'm thinking some of those were people from the cradle, and that's how they got warped in there, and that, oh, forget about it, that's for <laughs> predictions for later. But how did they get from the cradle <laughs> to the forge? It's two different things. The, the forge, I, is, I don't, how did she get there? That's, that was just somebody like, she needs to be there. Please, they needed to explain that better. Yeah. Um, another thing on that one is the Valley Beyond was beamed somewhere by Dolores. Was it beamed to a satellite? Was it beamed to Mars? Where was it beamed? In a safe place? And how did Dolores know to beam it there? We don't know. But we do know it was beamed to somewhere safe that's not easily touchable. So, hope. I mean, this show does reveal stuff like this, but we will be revealed where it went at some point. Sure. It was nice to also see that moment where Maeve protected her daughter in the end by setting her free in the Valley Beyond. We know that that's been her drive all season, and she had the most simplistic of all of the drives of all of the characters we've been following when we've been talking about motivations. It was nice to see that pay off in such a positive way for her, even though she she fell as her daughter went on. Yeah, that was her driving thing the whole season. Yeah, loved it. I'm kind of curious, though, why she didn't use that dead body trick to, like, repair herself sooner. Well, you know, it it, it goes back to what we talked about when they first introduced that mechanic of Maeve being able to control everybody with her mind is that you have to be really careful because when you give a character god powers, it's very hard to explain why they don't just use that to win every scenario they're in always. <clears throat> so yeah. I think we saw that a little bit with uh, with this one where you're going, you know, why is she not using her powers to stop Clementine immediately? Or why is she not sending everybody else to tackle her or, you know, whatever? I don't know. It's tough. We also know, though, for a fact that all of the bodies that were piled up in the valley, they were all left behind by people whose consciousness went on to the valley beyond. So that's now we got the definitive answer on that which we sort of predicted. We, you know, we talked about how the bodies would be left behind by hosts that went on through the door, uh, and we figured that they would kind of distract or, or serve as decoys to Delos operatives who would think, oh, these hosts are dead. Um, what we didn't expect was that the door would lead to this sort of synthetic valley beyond this uh manufactured Eden we figured it was either going to go to the outside world or to future world and the hosts would think they were in the outside world so that went in a little bit of a different direction than we, than we thought what did you guys think about that about what the valley beyond actually was 
I that I mean I guess is that why Teddy's body was found in the water because he was in the valley beyond? I mean, I, but but how did his body get there? But I'm just trying to piece the two together. Teddy's body was found in the water in the valley beyond because writers don't know the distance between where Teddy died and the valley beyond. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's clearly why because Dolores did not carry him there. The only way his body gets into that water is if it's carried there by someone, and the only person who traveled there that we saw is Dolores. So basically, you have to carry his body and put him in the water. That is a plot hole. I don't think that that is a mistake. I don't think I don't give him any credit for for that one. But one thing about this one is that we know a third of the AI that were found in the water made it into the valley beyond because when they were counting them out we do see that there was a third that were blank we know now that the blankness of them means that they were completely wiped the entirety of their mind core got transferred into the valley beyond um the ones that didn't make it were the ones that were fighting up at the surface so all the ones that clementine corrupted and were fighting those were also flooded into the valley beyond now how Maeve didn't get flooded in that and when all the others were at the same time i don't know but there is a lot going on there. I think the scene would have had a lot more weight to it had the fighting started between the group that Maeve was a part of and she had to try to stop that in order to save, like initially save her own group. Like if Hector was fighting with uh, the snake lady and like they were, they were, they were having like a, and the, the lady with the bow and that was a big, like they were beginning to intermingly fight and then, She's like, what are we doing? And then she was trying to, trying to, but like the fact that they all just kind of died for a bunch of people that just overtook them, I thought was kind of, kind of weak sauce. And this is something I'm just realizing now is that Charlotte was there. Real Charlotte was there when all that stuff went down. Then it was Dolores controlled Charlotte later, which explained who also Bernard and her cleared out everybody that was left except uh, Stubbs maybe. So, and he wasn't there at the end anyway. So everybody that was there in terms of people who lived or hosts that lived after the ending of the Valley Beyond uh, didn't see it flooding. That's why everybody was so surprised. So when I saw all of these people and hosts that were alive at the end of the Valley Beyond, I was like, how does, how is everybody so surprised when the season started? And that revelation about the Charlotte Hale twist answers a big part of that question is because other people were wiped out. It was a clean slate and it was Dolores just sitting there waiting for strand and team. We already spoke about another thing that we know is that Elsie is definitively dead. There's no Bernard whisking her off into the shadows. She's, she's dead. Sad. RIP Elsie and also, do you think she would have turned to been turncoat had she not been shot? No, I think she was first and foremost trying to help get the hosts under control. I don't think she cared about them not dying like Bernard did. So we saw a little bit of conflict between the two of them there. But ultimately, I think she was on team good guy for sure. And that's why Charlotte waxed her. Yeah, and, and like Logan said, human code is hardline, is that you're not going to change your core code, and Charlotte knew her core code, which surprised me that she never shot Ashley Stubbs, unless Ford 
manipulated his personality profile that was passed up because Stubbs' core code is goody-goody all-American, Captain America dude, and uh, Charlotte didn't wax him at any of the opportunities she had to wax him. Yeah, Stubbs also, he ended up letting Dolores and Charlotte, or Dolores Charlotte, Dolores in Charlotte's body, whatever you want to call it, Chaloris. Chaloris. He let her know in no uncertain terms, I know what's going down. It's cool. Have a good journey. Yeah, I I it was it was meant to be very vague whether he was a host or he was just a dude who knew what was going on because he was around hosts a lot and can tell the difference or visually maybe tell the distinction. I leaned more towards him being human he knew who charlotte was he caught a different vibe because he saw her in that room when she was acting crazy psycho and he's also been around hosts so that's the vibe i got but i can see where people thought that perhaps when he said his core whatever his cornerstone was something else where people would think he was a a host yeah there to me there was a ton of hints that he dropped there said he, he's been around for a long time and this was one that I really regret because early in season one I said Stubbs is the is the plant by Ford and when it was revealed that it was one art I backed off that theory I never picked it back up and when he when Stubbs drops this now I'm like oh. because he answered a huge question I have that made me jump from this theory and never bring it back up besides the Bernard reveal was that I always thought that there was a clear distinction of two scenes where Stubbs was looking at um Dolores and young William and Logan in the park on the monitor and he was also working when the park was 30 years in the future and I was like there's no way he can do that and not be a host and that was why he was number one on my list at the time with and he comes out and says Ford hired me a long time ago to work in the park and if he is a host, which I am on board with that side of that interpretation, that answers that theory that he's been around this whole time, him and Bernard as host plants in the control room being run by Ford. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, and the more I think about that scene, the more I tend to think he is just straight up a host. I, you know, at first when I watched it, I read it kind of as I'm going to say all these host things and host references to let you know that I know you are a host, Dolores, uh, and that I'm on your team and I'm letting you go through. Uh, so I kind of read it that way a little bit, but I, I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure that he's a host, but either way, he's working at the behest of Ford and, and he's there to help facilitate Dolores getting off the island. Yeah, to me, I feel so strongly about him being a host that I'm not even calling it a prediction. I'm just saying that that's, that's what the showrunners let us know. And I really hope that they re- that they feel that his reveal was revealing enough to make a definitive call and that in some interview they clarify that. Like they've clarified a couple of other things that were kind of open air. I hope they clarify that before season three. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, yeah, and we talked a little bit about Sizemore's hero move, too. Uh, Chris was talking about that in the things that he was not a fan of. I found it a little bit corny and predictable. We knew that he was heading towards some sort of grand redemption moment. 
Uh, we felt like that was coming for a while. It just seemed like a really weird way to do it, as we were talking about earlier. Uh, any other thoughts to add about that, Cajun? Yeah, I mean, he's still an idiot. He's never not been an idiot. He's just been this goofy writer dude who does not conform to social norms, doesn't really fit in anywhere. Uh, and then just out of the blue, it felt like out of the blue because I didn't buy his motivations that he just decides to sacrifice his life for Maeve's gang. Sort of like was, uh, okay, I was going to say something about Avengers Infinity War, which had been a spoiler, but why something happened in that one where a main character punched another character, which I didn't realize, didn't feel why he punched and made sense. I didn't, I didn't buy why this made sense here, um, why he did it. And the fact that he bought them no time, he bought them a minute. None. Maybe. Didn't like it. Yeah, one last thing to add on to what we know, and this was kind of, I just was a little disappointed about this personally. There were no physical backups of host bodies at the forge. Uh, I predicted that that was going to end up being something that was revealed in this episode. It did not happen. I still maintain that I think it makes an awful lot of sense just from a park logistics standpoint. Because if you have waves of hosts getting gunned down on a daily basis, what's the easiest way to get one back into circulation? Take its mind core, pop it in a nice fresh body, send it back out there, and then fix up the one that was all shot up. And then by the time that other one comes back, well, you know, you can pop it back into this one. So having multiple copies of host bodies, like we saw with Bernard, makes a lot of sense. I was surprised that we didn't go there. Maybe that's something that we'll end up seeing in season three. Especially now, that's something Chris brought up, uh, was that apparently you can make a fresh host, a fresh Charlotte host, in under 12 hours. Because that was the time frame we got, like, Strand and team was going to be there within 12 hours. Stuff went down. Bernard made the new host. Not only did he make the host, he was able to make it and then get to the beach and act passed out, like, all the way to where Strand and team came in in that time frame. So you can make it in a lot less than 12 hours because he had some extra time to move around. That's crazy. He probably also had a sandwich. <laughs> need, need some some substance before I go out to this beach and act dead. <laughs> hey, do the hosts eat? Yeah, they eat, they pee, they they do everything. They're just like humans. Yep, except for the mind core part. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I've been learning more and more that they're just like humans, except for that thing right there in the brain that's a the muffin mind core and the connection in their arm. Which, why don't they just scan for that metal in the forearm host instead of explosion, explosive device in the neck? Yeah. Hey, let's move on to what we don't know yet. Because even though this was a season finale, it was a season finale of Westworld, which means that we have a lot of unanswered questions that are still hanging out there in the breeze. So let's go through them here, guys. We'll start off with number one. What happened to William after he collapsed outside of the Forge facility? It seems like the next thing that we know for sure was that he was brought back to the beach camp in a buggy. And we saw them working on him. 
right at the very end of the episode. So yeah. we know that he was shot and he passed out when his hand got blown up. Uh, we know that that was not the real William that got up and went down the elevator. That was in the future host body uh, William. So what happened to him after that? And and where does he go from here? You know, Is he going to recover? Is he going to be off the island is he going to be still running delos is you know we have big questions about the future for william who is was already a broken man before all of this and now he realizes i've just killed my own daughter i really am human i'm responsible for all of my own actions i've made a hot mess out of everything you know where does this guy go from here he has to take the responsibility for this he has to face Charlotte Hale in season three, who's whoever's in that body now, because we know it's not Dolores, because Dolores is in her own body at the end. So whatever mind core is in that, he has to face her in a boardroom now. That's gonna be great. That's a really good idea. I like that. What I like that if, a lot. What if your theory is true about Stubbs being a host and the mind core of Stubbs is in Charlotte Hale now. She would have to have left with that core. So we'd have, I mean, it could have happened because there's time that's passed, but he would have to have left the park, gone to Dolores, allow him to take his mind core out and put it in. Um, do we want to, did y'all have theories on whose mind core that is in Charlotte Hale at the end? I think Peter Abernathy, I think is, is daddy. Cause she still has his. It, Oh, that's an interesting thought. I'm still. Or she could, to my she guns. could be printing his body. Maybe. You're sticking to Teddy, Chris. I'm, sti- I'm sticking to Teddy. Okay. I because like listen, how did he get to the valley? I, I I get he's in the valley beyond. I get it. But there are there was a random body that was also found in the water too. So like we we really don't know what the hell's going on. So I'm gonna th- I'm as a protector of her and still a protector of her. I'm gonna say it's Teddy. Yeah, because because that the that that Charlotte had the gun and was like sitting there like in Terminator mode. Yeah, because I because I've spoken out of two sides of my mouth here. I've given the the showrunners tons of credit for answering everything I've yelled at the screen about, but the whole Teddy thing, where was his body? How did it get there? I yell at the screen about, and they did not answer. So maybe they will answer that one in season three. So all right, Dave, what do you think? Well, so let's talk about our possible candidates here, right? So mm-hmm. we know that Bernard is one of the five mind cores in the purse. We know yeah. it's him because she recreates him. We see that happen. Mm-hmm. Who else could it be? Abernathy is a candidate. She, yeah, she had his in, in her pocket. Yeah. Um, Teddy, I mean. She had his. She changed her mind and went back and pulled her his thing back out of the forge. Uh, maybe that's possible. I, I uh, you know, he he does have a mind core intact, so I guess we can say it is on the table. Mm-hmm. And um, of the mind cores that she physically has held in her hand before, we know for a fact that she had Teddy. So right. that's it would lead me to believe that even if it's not, if it's worthless, yeah, she still has it. Yeah, because the, of, of the five she has, those those three we've mentioned before, three we know she's held in her hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we also have. Could she have gone for Maeve? Because of her encounters with Maeve in the past, maybe she said, "Oh, maybe this Maeve will help us." Uh, you know, who knows? She'd, I mean, it's, she'd have it's to hard get to even to speculate. It. She'd have to have gotten to that core, and just from a show running perspective, I think it's better when they they're going to have Maeve 
being remodeled in season three because they still need a Westworld. They still need some AI left behind. They need that left behind host to go through. And May is going to be part of that crew, I, I think, when she's rebuilt by uh, the cats, Felix and Sylvester. The, the I agree. I, I feel is, like is, it's going to end up going back and forth between in the park, rebuilding and reopening, and Maeve will be part of that storyline. Where and she'll feel like everything she did was worth it because she set her daughter free, but she'll you know have to deal with whatever's going on in remade Westworld, and then we'll also be following the storylines of you know Dolores and Bernard and and those that have escaped. It's hard because Dolores wasn't close to anybody in season two besides Teddy, so uh, Teddy Teddy and her dad, that's it. So she, I mean, she could look at you twice and just basically rip your neck off. She doesn't care. So I think that that's the part where we're having a hard time figuring out who the other few are because we don't know anybody that was close to her. I mean, I could surmise perhaps maybe one of them is her mother that she never spoke about. When she went back to Sweetwater, she grabbed it. Could be. We don't know. But, like, that's a stretch. Yeah, and that was one of my unanswered what we don't know even though it really wasn't addressed in the season at all it just seems really glaring like who is Dolores's mom we see her for dead on the ground for a few moments early in season one and that's it and her father has been such a pivotal part of this show and her life and her motivations and and for two seasons we've seen Abernathy we don't know her mother's name we haven't even seen her face, I don't think. I think we've just pretty much seen her legs and body laying in the hallway. So, that's interesting to me. Um, so, we talked a little bit about we're not 100% sure that Stubbs is a host. Probably. Um, but we'll kind of leave that as a slight bit of an unanswered question there. Um, you know, another question here that I think is a pretty big one. Is Ford now really and truly gone? Is this it for Ford in this show? We know that his code was deleted with finality. Will he show up as Bernard's inner dialogue at least and and, and kind of give a body to personify his inner monologue and, and his inner voice? I'm not sure how else we end up seeing Ford in this show moving forward the only other way i could see anthony hopkins coming back is he was if he was having a conversation with william like if he was william's inner monologue like it's if they decide to run off of the stinger and they decide to have a little bit more conversation about what happens future tense but i feel like the the swan song between him and bernard was that was the scene on the beach that was the goodbye so i don't feel like you'll see him with him maybe mave because remember he was in mave's brain so maybe he sticks around a little bit longer with her. Um, those might be the couple of spots, I guess. Great. Um, moving down, one of the questions that Cajun threw in there again, you know, he's really picking on the how did Teddy's body get there? How did it get into the valley? That's a big unknown. Um, anything else to add about that, Cajun? Uh, yeah, that one right there. I know I talk about both sides of my mouth with that one, but you have the showrunners have not even come close to explaining that in episode or out of episode what happened there. And to me, 
all the other stuff, I've seen ways they can explain it in the future, and they've been able to. This one, I don't see any way. Why and how? Why would somebody bring his body there just to place it and to float? Unless it was Dolores who went back just to place him there, or Bernard just to place him there to throw people off. I don't it, know. I don't. It was it. weird, Derek. Derek, because not only did they show him in the water, which everybody like in the beginning was like, "Was that? Was that Teddy? Was that Teddy?" But then they panned on him on top of the bodies, all, and then they had Bernard staring at him on top of the bodies. They really went to an effort to show you he was there. So why not explain it? Like show, like if they would have shown Bernard dragging Teddy and then passing out on the beach, I'd have been like, "Oh, okay, that makes sense. I get what he's doing." But they didn't go to that mm. effort, which is weird to me. There's got to be something more behind it. Yeah, you have 90 minutes on last episode. Show that, too. Yep. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the big question that I have that really bothered me. And this is a really big question that I have that I think really... Um, well, let me just say it. Why did Ford say that he created this new game for William? Early in the season, he's find the door William this game is just for you William had absolutely nothing to do with anybody else in the park other than his daughter who he killed other than that his entire uh, presence in the park and his journey and his playing this new game led absolutely nowhere he had no effect on Dolores he had no effect on Maeve he had no effect on Really, any of these events that were going on here, Bernard, all he did was meet up with Dolores for about 45 seconds, shoot three guys, and then get his hand blown up. So I, I don't understand how he played any part in Ford's uh, mission here at all. Was this Ford pulling a Sizemore? Like in season one, he said, oh, Sizemore, would you please create this uh, new villain for me, his name is Wyatt. Can you go into your office for a few days and just go play? The only thing I can think of is he just told him this to keep him busy so that William was out of the way while he let everything else kind of play out through the second season. Other, but to me, it just feels like his presence in the show this 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 season was very... Uh, underutilized which is strange because at the same time i thought there was amazing character development for william and i thought his personal journey was remarkable but in terms of how it related to what was going on in the park or the journey toward the door or whatever i, I don't know maybe i'm what am i missing here yeah he never went white hat which i thought was going to occur in this season my only thinking is that William's part in the game was <clears throat> causing Dolores to gain full consciousness, which she did in season one, but that didn't lead to any promises that we saw in season two, or even the conversation that Ford had with him at the bar saying that I think we'll play a game, you know, one last game, which I thought was going to be this last episode and that nothing came of it. Yeah, I was grossly disappointed by the execution of this Williams storyline, how he was used. The story didn't feel to be about him at the end. Somebody needed to change. I didn't see that. I didn't see Akichita's change. Um, I, I mean, I saw Dolores' change. We saw Maeve's change. Um, I thought this was all about William because it was clearly said 
that was a big disappointment for me that it, it didn't end up landing on him. And, um, yeah, I think that was more of a misdirect than anything, than a direct. And uh, one, one question I had, and I brought this up earlier, was that how did the water, how did that much water come from the forge? Just a, Just from the sheer physical visions that we saw, of the forge being constructed and then we're down in there it didn't look like that was that much water that could fill it up but you can say it curves around the corner infinity and then that fills it up and then there you go you got it and it wasn't like a small amount because when bernard was standing there all of a sudden he went from like a puddle to like his he was ankle deep and i'm like wait how that's fast like where where is all this water coming from the dam didn't break mm-hmm. i mean the water's rising up from the ground so yeah I'm just going to rapid fire a couple of quick outstanding questions because there's not much else to say about it. We've been asking these for a while. Uh, who was Ford printing in season one when we watched Teresa get murdered? Who was it that Ford was making in his little Still uh, don't know. basement bunker there? We don't know. What is the deal and the end result with Scarwatch here? We were we were picking apart early in this show. Here are some scenes where Bernard has a scar in his head. Here are some scenes where he doesn't. Uh, why? I don't know. Uh, what about William's arm that Dolores snapped at the end of uh, season one? And all of the How holes he... in William. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know. We have a lot of unanswered questions here that, that did not get tied up, which I find curious, especially the scar thing. That really, because you had to put that on him with makeup. Every, ep- every episode. And then not put it on him purposely. Why? And it, it disappears right before he goes into the cradle. If it had disappeared after he came out of the cradle, we could say the thing that put his thing on his head somehow healed him too. You could have written that. You can retcon- You can make that work. But it was on his head before he went in. And they didn't even touch on that. That is, to me, that, like that Dave, as bigger than how does Teddy's body get there. Another big one for me is... Dolores wanted the forge as a weapon, but we still don't know what was she going to use as a weapon. I don't think she reveals at all how she's going to use the weapon. She just went there to delete. Delete is not to use something as a weapon. To delete is to basically to de-arm. And she didn't use anything as a weapon that I saw. Anybody see any evidence of her using anything as a weapon? No. Yeah. The only thing I can think of, and this is a stretch a little bit, is... She thought, I am going to attack Delos, and I'm going to damage them by destroying their intellectual property and the value of this park by deleting all of these people. That still doesn't quite feel like a fit to me, but I feel like that's the closest thing I can think of. Right. Did you also notice how easy it was for them to get inside of the forge into that area where all the humans were, but they had to pull a brain out in order to get into the cradle? That didn't make a lot of sense to me. Like, it was very simplistic to get into the forge. It was very difficult to get inside the cradle. Like, you had to pull a mine core out and, like, rip somebody's head off in order for that to occur. Right. And I, I think that has to do with what they're designed for. Like, the cradle is designed for uh, humans to interact with it. Uh, and then the forge, if they want to put an AI into there, they can. And I, And they even made a comment going into the cradle that it wasn't... 
Elsie made the comment that it wasn't a new version of the 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 interface or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was like that's going to hurt you because it's not X version, which was apparently the one that was in the Forge. But With the halo that goes around the neck, yeah, yeah, exactly. Which again, I, I agree. If you only have two systems, you have the Cradle and you have the Forge. Why does one? Why don't you have three of those instead of just two? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Sure. Also, I wonder if the, why why there aren't meant more like forges or more cradles. Why is there only one system? Like, wouldn't you want to offload some of that information into a couple of separate areas in case something ever happened to one of the ha- one of the the areas? Yeah, I think because the sensitivity of it, they didn't do a backup, which was the entirety of Delos's plot. That was the whole mm-hmm. strand and and hail plot in. At, I mean, start to finish, we need to get this data. You need to get into it and get it out of here and safe and secure because we have 30 years of 4,000 or 40, what was the number of people? 40,000? 4 million. 4 million. Oh, crap. I was so so wrong. Uh, Get 4 million people's data out of here and saved in a secure spot because right now it is not secure with Ford being there in season one and with the host being in revolt in season two. That was the entirety of it, that they didn't have a backup because I think it was so sensitive. And once they realized it was in jeopardy, they needed to get it out of there. This is akin to somebody playing a video game and forgetting that you're supposed to quick save and then realizing you just wasted two and a half hours playing a game that you have no save for. Like, you really need to back it up. Back (laughs) shit up. (laughs) You're getting in a fight with something like, when was the last time I saved? saved? Oh. Well, hey, you guys ready to do our quick rundown of what we got right and what we got wrong? No. Yeah. At least this is more balanced than last time. Yeah. I'm not happy about it because we got a lot more wrong than I would have liked. But yeah, because we start off like we get all this stuff right. Yeah, that was season one. We got so much wrong this season. <laughs> Let's start off with right at least. Make me feel better. Let's do. Uh, one thing that I felt like was going to happen and it ended up happening just in a slightly different form was that hosts were set free by the door and transferred their consciousness. Um, Again, I thought they were going to transfer their consciousness into a different host body or something um, and escape out into the real world. Uh, They ended up escaping into a fabricated world, but I guess real enough for them. And that's a debate that Dolores and Bernard were having in in the episode. Is this good enough? And, you know, is this just a gilded cage? Which I thought was was a great debate. That was a really good call. I honestly thought that it was not going to be a physical form of actually going over, and it was. Like, that, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that was nice. Definitely did not see that physical (laughs) form of a door, but that was nice that there was a physical door into an another place and it was another room and that was really nice and it was a full transfer of consciousness too uh instantaneous pretty cool you know we also all of us we've been talking for a while about the idea of being able to switch mind cores into other bodies and and we've been talking about theories around you know what if it's this person's mind in that person's body so you know, we saw that mechanic being a pretty good possibility and and we're looking for that to happen as one of the big reveals and it did. Uh, we did not think that it was going to end up being Dolores walking around in Charlotte. Uh, we were thinking, you know, Teddy maybe inside of Bernard or Ford inside of Bernard, which actually we did see that one too. Um, but anyway, so that was interesting to see that mechanic come up. We also... Um, 
I was talking about the idea of William and Dolores joining forces to enter the forge, and we did see that. Again, it, it seemed like about for 45 seconds, and I'm not really sure why they joined forces because they really didn't need to help each other at all. But uh, but they did. Yeah, Dolores was so alone, and William was so alone, they both needed someone at that point. And the fact that William turncoated on Dolores, the one person that I think he knew was a cornerstone for him, was just so stain that was such his stain showing up right there that it's like you're a broken person so this next one i'm only gonna take like a half a credit maybe a quarter of a credit but in the future the man in black is definitely a host 100 confirmed I, I, yeah 100 confirmed so i i thought that it was the one where he's digging into his arm maybe not so much but he's definitely a host of some sort in the future now, if only they would say that the host version of Emily's name is Grace. That would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that would be so good when they do a, like the end of the season one, and he's like, "Hi, Grace," and like, "What?" <laughs> that would be good. And they have to make an explanation of why they did that. That would be great. We we did it because we heard there's this guy Chris on a podcast. Oh come on, dude! This community, this community is surprisingly small. Like I'm, I'm realizing, like where who we're talking to into this lore, lore community of uh, Westworld, it's not super yep. big. So there's a lot of people yep. that that use each other's stuff and talk about it. So we have reach. Yes. Um, you know, one last thing on our right list, uh, we did talk about who had gained full consciousness, who did not gain full consciousness. Uh, I said Teddy did not gain full consciousness, and I, I also didn't think he would. Uh, he ended up not ever getting there. Poor guy. Poor loyal Teddy. Um, so, yeah, that panned out. We did get some things wrong, though, too, admittedly. Yeah, I, I'm, um, I'll jump into this that one. one. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump into that one because I have a lot of those. Like You, you might have noticed I didn't say anything right because I don't have anything solo in that one. I have a lot of these, though. Uh, but also, also want to apologize if, if for the last 10 minutes or so, if, you've, if people listening hear background noise, there's a loud thunderstorm happening right now in, where I'm at on vacation, so if you, that, my mic might be picking that up. Um, but first thing, what we got wrong were hosts didn't exit the park uh, through a physical door and enter Future World upon going through the door. That was one of the things we called, that they, was, they were going to go to some other place. Uh, it ended up being a metaphysical place. They didn't go to another park. So we did get that part wrong. They went through a door. They went someplace, but it was a uh, their version of heaven. So the other one was... Mm, yep. That's TBD. TBD. I Like, they went to Arnold's house. We don't know exactly where they went after they got out of Arnold's house. And we don't know if... There's a door. Know. There's a door at Arnold's house too. They exited into the future. That, that's true. That's true. TBD. So I'm just saying it. Well, we should put a pause on that because we don't know what happens when they walk out of that door. I like your optimism, Chris. I don't like the fact that I had nothing in the right section. So I will take your optimism. <laughs> I'm running with it for the next 18 months because it's probably not going to be to 2020. It's, they confirmed it's not going to be until 2020 until we get another Westworld. So yeah, I like oh, it. Oh, that hurts. It does. It does. Uh, they're going to write the hell out of it. Um, 
Another thing we got wrong was uh, Bernard did not flood the Valley of Eon or kill the hosts. He didn't do any of those things. We said what he said was true, and we were wrong. He was not truthful in that he sort of killed them by omission and that he didn't stop Dolores in time. Emotional guilt. Emotional guilt. Yeah. I'll tell you another one. I was so sure that William was going to transfer his consciousness into a host body. I thought that's where this was going 100%. I thought he was going to end up in the forge. He was going to transfer his mind. He was going to, you know, I don't know. That did not happen at all. We did not see a host Ford. Uh, You know, we saw his consciousness live on in programming, but we did not see him in host form come back. But uh, that one, you know, we kind of figured was trending to not happen for a while. But uh, the William not doing that really was a shock to me. I just, I don't know. I was so sure about that one. Dave, again, I'm going to give you like a a quarter credit in the future. We see a a William... (laughs) In a host body, in in the consciousness was transferred in the forge. Consciousness was transferred, yeah, in the forge. Yeah. So, consciousness transferred <laughs> at some point. All right, we'll just say it was seventy-two percent wrong. There you go. There you go. Yeah, we'll, we'll take the twenty-eight percent accuracy. Um, another one I got wrong was that Arnold's house is seems to be in the real world. I like Chris giving me that extra bit of information there that we don't know for sure. It feels like it. I like it. Um, and we thought that we knew we were going to find out that William's beginning is the end. We predicted it was going to be the white hat. It was going to be the Lord's. It was going to be this. The show did not tell us what William's beginning is. His end is. So all our predictions at this point are wrong because it didn't tell us what his beginning is. His end is. So that was a big letdown. That's a bummer too, because it misled you about three or four times on that question. I mean, the the girl when he had saw Lawrence, and again when he talked to the the boy version of Ford, and again like everything kept going. It's going to be circular. It's going to be circular, and nothing like nothing that circled back to that at all. And the intro scene, the intro scene had so much foreshadowing in it. Like I'm talking the intro credit scene. You see in this episode the mechanical bull falling down the staircase just like in the intro scene. It revealed so much of that stuff that was in this episode in the intro scene. You see the the why the piano music made sense, why that was there. We saw that in it finally. What we didn't see was why that freaking Williams hat was floating to the surface of the water because his hat never floated to the surface of the water. He was nowhere in that area. No. Uh, um, you can and the baby the the scene with the mother and the child is definitely Maeve taking care of her child. So right. like I mean they did have references. It was it might not have been one to one, but you can kind of piece it together. Except for William's hat, they just left that. One. Yep. So that's disappointing. Yep. Yep. Now predictions. Right. So I guess it's on to predictions now, guys. Let's talk about where we think this show's going to go in in future seasons. There's the door is really left wide open here. Ooh, uh, what like are that. your thoughts? I li- oh, I, I, I pull that door in there. Was that on purpose? I'd like to accident? say that I said the door on purpose. <laughs> I, I I did not do that on purpose, but let's pretend I did, and I'm really smart, and I'm good at wordplay. Well, considering you're editing this podcast, uh, you can make it sound like you did that on purpose. <laughs> okay, uh, here we go. And cut right here and right back in. Hi, everyone. They left the door wide open for the next season. <gasps> Waka waka. Pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, so uh, I have a new one. I'm just going to pull this out of thin air. Uh, it's going to come out of nowhere. Uh, Charlotte is Arnold's daughter. I'm still on board with this. I'm not giving this one up till you prove me otherwise. Because we see Charlotte as Dolores basically walk right into that house unsecured. I'm still on that one. But I think we're going to find out. I say that the reason why that happened is because Arnold already took Dolores there previously so she's very familiar with the house yeah because remember he took her there in that few in that scene in like episode two yeah so she knows that house very very well an unsecured but house still could be future world because she knows yeah, where it's at i'll give her that much but how does she get in yep this is true this is true biologically encrypted access charlotte's fingers charlotte's eyes she gets in oh there you go there you go no uh, this show prides itself on opposing leaders, and this is one that I pulled last season about the Maven Dolores switch. But I think we're gonna see three opposing leaders this season. We're gonna see Maeve demote herself as a reluctant leader. She's not gonna want to lead anymore. She's accomplished her goal with her daughter, but other hosts are gonna look to her. Um, I think Bernard is gonna struggle to find his place in this new world. He's still gonna be lost. And his journey is going to be finding his place. And Dolores is going to be straight up blazing a trail for her brethren, making the path as she leads whoever is running Charlotte Hale's body to set the new world order for hosts and to bring more involved into that world. Because she has a printing machine right there. So she can print the body. What she needs is the minds. And so how she goes about getting those and getting them in is going to be her trailblazing. Um, I stated this earlier, but I think one of the black balls is Teddy. Um, that's in Charlotte. However, I have a feeling that this next season of Westworld is going to delve into corporate espionage type stuff with Delos, where they infiltrate Delos to in, in, implode it from the inside out. Where, mm-hmm. where she's trying to garner information from inside Delos by using Charlotte as an inside person in the real world. Right. And that's the weapon that you're able to use. Nice. It'd also be nice to see like how whoever is the mind core in there uh, has Charlotte's memories because Charlotte now has to interact with people who know things about her and she is supposed to know. And whoever is the mind core in Charlotte's body will not know those things. True. I'll tell you a few things that I expect to happen here. I think that, you know, again, there's a lot of directions that we could go. I do think that they're going to bring Westworld back online. I think that they're going to do everything they can to cover up the gigantic massacre that happened there. Maybe they'll be closed for renovations for a little bit. Uh, But I think that this is going to happen really in two theaters now, the next show. I think there will be the real world and then Westworld. Uh, I think that the mystery of the five pearls in the purse is going to remain open-ended for a while. I think that'll be one that sits. I think that we may start off early in the season kind of knowing who some of them are. Maybe an early reveal is who is in uh, Charlotte's body now. But I think that we're going to have, you know, two or three unanswered that we'll sort of slowly see in the real world as the show goes on. Like all of a sudden there will be a moment, oh my gosh, it's so-and-so. Um, It'll be an AI. You know, I, I like it. That's a, yeah. Yeah, I like it. So that's a that's a cool thing for them to play with next season. 
Um, I also, you said it earlier in the show, and it's immediately something that I love so much that if it doesn't happen, I will weep tears of sadness. William and Black having to deal with Dolores being on the Delos board. That is so cool. I love the idea of uh, Dolores now sitting on the board and helping to run Delos and kind of taking it apart from the inside. That is great. She won't be there because she's not in May's mind anymore, but she will be controlling. She will be ordering whoever is in May's AI body. So it won't be a one-to-one. He won't physically see her, but he will feel the influence significantly. So, yeah, so whoever is in Charlotte's body, like on Team Dolores, um, is her mole into that board. Ooh, yeah, I, that's that's great. I just thought something else. If my theory is correct, because if I was going to put a mole in, I'm going to put my my papa in. I'm going to put Papa Peter Abernathy in there. Is he is not nearly as evil as Dolores? So whoever could be in there could start questioning her motives at some point and start revolting against her and questioning why she's doing things, and she has to control them. So we might see some dynamic there as well. That she Wasn't his mind room. really largely wiped, though? Isn't he mostly gone and destroyed because they had to make room for all of that data in there? Uh, you can retcon that. You, that can just ba- from- you can just basically say whatever was in there, that code, that unlock code, we removed it. What I really hope they do is because they have charlotte in the real world this allots for us to have a charlotte episode where we can get some backstory on her give me my backstory on charlotte and i was surprised that tessa thompson was showing up at the end because i really thought with her current significant successes in in thor ragnarok and the and the marvel universe creed of creed 2 upcoming and all the stuff she's going to be doing that she is showing up as one of the continuing forces in Westworld. I thought she was long gone. She doesn't have to worry about it. It's two years from now. Yeah, it's still well, she's listen, making good money. But, the, but HBO's paying. So. <laughs> yeah. I'll give you one more prediction. Uh, and this is really a chance for me to shower this show with love for a minute. Uh, another prediction that I have, wherever the story takes us, I think that we're going to continue to see some really outstanding acting performances i have to say i haven't seen an ensemble of actors put forth such powerful performances on on a regular basis and uh i'm just i'm so moved so often by these people whether it's bernard Lowe, uh or you know it's it's dolores or it's william or whoever the character is these people, you know, their anguish and their their emotions that they wear outwardly, you know, I, uh, there are certain images that'll just burn themselves in your mind. Bernard, where he grabs his head and says, get out of my head. And just, you know, you can see the inner turmoil in these people. And so many of these actors are put in these situations or their characters are put in situations that are so bizarre and so odd. Uh, you know, here's Charlotte Hale, but it's not really Charlotte Hale. It's Dolores. And so now how as an actor are you going to 
sort of incorporate some of Dolores's mannerisms and ways of speech, but you're still in the body and role of Charlotte in this scene. And, you know, there's just such complexity to the kinds of things that these actors have to do to prepare for, for these scenes. And I think that they, they perform so admirably. It's just, it's been such a joy to, to watch these people work. And I really look forward to it continuing. Yeah. And to follow up on that, I think their performances are great and it's given by the expertly written show. This is like, we give it crap for the holes that we find and then they fill those holes and I still think that there's going to be a few holes that we're going to find later that they're not going to fill. And for me to have so few though, so few holes that we're, that we are people who are nitpicking this show on every inch of it, but to find so few holes in it just goes to how expertly fine tooth comb this show is. And I put this to the, um, the Russo brothers, the Russo brothers who've done the Marvel Universe stuff, the Captain Americas and so forth, and their writing team. I forgot the two guys who are the writing team. They're on Kevin Smith's podcast recently. They're great. If you haven't listened to that episode, listen to that one. But they have this method that they do, and it's called Honest Trailer Proofing. And if everybody's seen an Honest Trailer, you know what that is. It's where that crew goes, watches a movie, and then breaks it down and makes fun of it. Um, they go and they say, if Honest Trailers was going to make fun of this script what would they make fun of before they even make it? And they find all of their holes and erase them out and clean them up because they don't want any of those plot holes to exist. And I think that this show does such a good job that we have to really rake through to find plot holes that exist. And that goes to the showrunner's ability. This is uh, Lisa Joy and Jonathan Nolan to just make something that is so clean that it's tough to find anything wrong with it. Yeah, and and the only thing I've really been critical of a little bit is the fact that at times it seems like they've been obtuse for the sake of being obtuse. But I think that that's a very small nitpick because in the end, the stories that we're telling here and when you follow the character arcs for a lot of these people and you follow these storylines through the season, it's it's just marvelous whether it's you know, following the progression of Maeve or you're following Dolores and seeing her start to regret the bloodthirsty sort of adoption of, of the Wyatt side of her as she was off rampaging and seeing how that's affected people around her like Teddy and so forth or, you know, seeing Bernard having to deal with his memories having been scrambled by himself and, and trying to sort out where he's at. Uh, even down to those standalone kind of episodes or moments where we're focusing on Akechita for that whole storyline. And here's a character we knew nothing about. And we went from knowing nothing about him to having an entire episode dedicated to him. And then you're feeling so strongly for him in episode 10 and uh, feeling so happy for him when he goes to the Valley Beyond and sees his wife there. And this was somebody that we knew zero about before that one episode you know that that i think goes to show those moments those conversations when they take the time to let these scenes breathe westworld to me is at its best and uh we had a lot of those moments this season yeah the show the show itself is just so fun to watch because of all the 
the water cooler talk and the conversations that are had and then the dialogue that's had between people who are standing on hills and planting flags and like believing in whatever it is that they're believing they've seen or saw or believed to be. And I think it's fun to poke holes in it or to open your mind to it and just just all of the things that come along with it. And so I do appreciate the fact that they were able to continue from what they had started in season one. Oftentimes shows lose their traction or just don't catch up to whatever their, you know, their climax is. And everybody believes, you know, season one was so great. Oftentimes there's a, there's a drop off and there might've been a slight one in season two, but um, I'm, they still were able to keep it at such a high level that it was, it was hard to notice. So on that note, guys, anything else that we need to add here or are we ready to sign off after about an hour and 23? Oh, it feels like we're uh, signing I'm... off after 10 weeks. Feels like a right. finalization of a long season. It's been great. Ugh. So now you just it has to recharge been. the batteries for eight months and then Game of Thrones <laughs> final season. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we start this dance all over again. <laughs> yes. I'm so ready for Game of Thrones, but man, it's, it's sad to let West Girl go. It felt like this was going to last forever when it started back up. I'm like, <laughs> it's so many weeks and so much stuff. It's going to go forever. And it just didn't. Mm, it comes to an end. Yeah, it yeah. just goes by so quick. Yep. I got to tell yeah. you, though, guys, really and truly, as much as I look forward to the episode every Sunday night, I also really look forward to getting on and talking about it with you on Monday nights. This was this was a blast. I had a really great time doing this. And, uh, you know, thanks. Uh, I look forward to 2020. <laughs> yes, I look forward to when they bring this out in 2020. We, are, we haven't even 2019 yet. We got to go all through that, but yeah, I look forward as well too, man. It's been absolutely great. Yeah, uh, my my Mondays are going to be so much more productive now uh, in my personal life <laughs> compared to what they were prepping for this show. I am so screwed. I'm going to be forced to watch The Bachelorette. So like, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> this has been my out every Monday. <laughs> oh man all right so uh before we sign off uh dave where can people find you at sure i'm on twitter big d one one two three five eight and derek where can people find you caucasian saint all one word on twitter c-a-u-c-a-j-u-n-s-a-i-n-t and you can find me at topher noons on twitter for the ninja pancake family of podcasts and geekologist radio we are out